Looking to lead smarter? Let me send you a free copy of my ebook, The Portable Guide to Leading Organizations. Text Lead Smarter to 33444. That's Lead Smarter, all one word, to 33444. Uh, this is Lee Cockrell, and you're listening to Leader Lab today. So, who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm Lee Cockrell. I uh, finished up my official career at Walt Disney Company, where I was the executive vice president of Walt Disney World Operations for 10 years. And before that, I started in France with Disney and worked at Open Disneyland Paris. Uh, before that, I was with Marriott for 17 years and Hilton for eight years. And so after 42 years, I decided to retire and start my own business, which I did about eight years ago. And now I'm doing consulting, public speaking, and leadership workshops on leadership, customer service, and management. And I'm having a great time. Yeah. And uh, you're going all over the world speaking on all of those issues. Actually, you know, Lee, Lee and I's history goes back to I found out that uh, he was contracted to do an event in Kuwait with the same people I was contracted to do an event with and, and sort of uh, asked Lee, like it was my first ever international gig. And I'm thinking, Lee, help me out. Let's Can you jump on the phone with me? Let me know what to expect, et cetera. And, and I mean, I had an awesome time, but uh, you, uh, you were instrumental to me in that. So I sincerely appreciate it. And it really sort of made me realize how far the um, your customer rules books and creating magic and even the new one are going all over the world. It's been really cool to see. Yeah, the internet's great. It gets your product everywhere. Oh, a absolutely, totally. And we'll talk about you've got a, an internet uh, business launching, or has launched and is is just going crazy. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I, I kind of want to I want to start at the beginning, if you will. I mean, you were in charge of uh, forty thousand some cast members for Disney, uh, and Disney is known for my. I'm we're recording this ironically two weeks before my wife and I are headed to Disney for our tenth anniversary without our children. Wow. And and the reason is that I think, in addition to just being a ton of fun, I think Disney's service is on par with any other five star, six star, eight star resort I've ever stayed at. I lo I love the uh, the Disney magic, as it were, even as an adult. And and by the way, for those of you listening, if you've never been without kids, go without kids. It's way cooler. <laughs> Um, but a lot of that starts from the customer service and the culture of customer service that you helped build when you were at Disney. Uh, without giving away the store, uh, how did you build such a culture that, that created customer service magic like that? Well, I think quickly there's only three things you need to do. And uh, I think any company can do it, any organization can do it. And really the key to Walt Disney World's excellence is first, uh, hiring the great right people. We're very particular who we hire. We really have a lot of systems and profiling. We don't make very many mistakes in hiring people that have a real positive can-do attitude. So that's the first thing. And then training. We train, test, and enforce the training. Heavy training, heavy testing, and heavy enforcement. And then we work hard every day at creating a culture where everybody wakes up in the morning and is happy to come to work and uh, a place where everybody matters and they know they matter. And that's what we really try to drive home so that people feel good about themselves and feel like they have opportunity and they can get ahead and all of those kinds of things. And if you do that in any business, great people, well-trained with a great culture, you'll have great reputation, I guarantee you. See, I, I think that's amazing because it's one of those things that we hear sort of – I don't know how – maybe you could tell me how this happens, but I, I feel like this happens all of the time, that we hear that so often. It's about finding the right people, making sure they have the right resources, making sure they're excited and engaged. And yet so often I think people, like, they fall for, like, the the – the leadership sirens, right? You know, the people that, that uh, drew Odysseus to the rocks. I think it was Odysseus. My humanities, <laughs> my old humanities professor is, is probably rolling his eyes if he's listening. But 
they, you know, there's this sort of siren call of this allure of leadership and power and all that sort. Of, and I think so often that once you step into a leadership role can be far too tempting and steal you away from those basics that it's about people and making sure you have the right people, but making sure you're training them right and making sure that they're excited about what they've been trained to do. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you have children, you really realize first thing you worry about is their education and safety and getting the right culture at home. And it's no different. You can't pick them. You get them. But uh, then you got a big influence on them by making sure you're getting them good education. They're learning the right things at home, good role modeling at home. And uh, then a culture where they feel safe and they'll keep you informed. And uh, it turns out pretty good. Good parents create good uh, kids. So I think a lot about that. And I think good leaders create good organizations and good people and and uh, make sure you don't get if you got bad people you've hired and made a mistake and they're not going to do the job then you need to move them out and then they need to move on you really need to focus on performance when you are a leader of a business well and you know it's funny i've never actually thought about it until you said that but there are so many different analogies that we use about companies like oh we're we're one big family right we as a company are one big family well no <laughs> wait a minute i didn't pick my family i mean other than my wife i didn't get to pick my family oh. uh, theoretically as a leader of a company i got to pick everybody right so but i guarantee your kids will have be a lot of what you have to do with it you can take them either way so. oh i am par- that that fact alone is what scares me the most i've got i've got two boys and uh yeah, that level of responsibility scares me uh, absolutely. I mean, they're they're still young enough to where, like you were talking about safety and education, we're still just worried about safety. I'm still just, you know, making sure that they don't eat bugs and that they don't jump off of things that are too high. You know, we're still at that stage. If that's all they ever do, you're going to be lucky. So you shouldn't be scared you have two boys. You should be terrified. <laughs> oh, funny. Well, so I want to I kind of get into this because I noticed, you know, you, you talked about it as one of the big things about building a culture of customer service. But I, I remembered in, in creating Magic 2, which is an awesome uh, leadership book, it's essentially like, you know, Disney asks Lee, hey, Lee, write a book about leading 40,000 people so we can teach these leadership lessons. And I remember hiring is a big part of that, how you hire the right people and, and that you hire the right people. And I feel like that's, you know, so often when we have empty positions, we just need butts in seats and we don't pay enough attention to who we hire. Yeah, take your time. They say we hire too fast and fire too slow. Take your time. These people are your brand. Your people are your brand. You can't you can't make these mistakes. It's just ridiculous. And people just try to fill a seat and it's better to have some pain and go through it a couple months longer till you get the right person. And be open-minded about who you get. It could be an older person. It could be a high school kid. It could be a lot of people. There's a lot of good talent out there, and sometimes we eliminate them because maybe they're only 18 or they're 70 or get more open-minded. Actually, somebody told me my book, Creating Magic, sent me a note the other day and said, your book kind of like the Bible, Creating Magic, said it's easy to read and hard to implement. Hmm. So, you know, when you think about it, hard to implement. Yeah, I mean, I know. I think that's that's actually to me that's uh, this is sad. That's the crux of kind of all of your work. Is I every time I read it, I'm like, yeah, it's common sense, common sense. But then you're thinking about like, well, wait a minute. This guy figured out how to do it with forty thousand people at uh, at the happiest and and to be honest with you, because I've brought kids there too, the crankiest place on earth, and uh, and figured out how to do it all. And it's the it's the figuring out how to do it that's the hard part, right? Simple simple to read takes a it lifetime is. to master. It is, but I think a lot of people don't have enough patience. You know, when you're going to create a culture, it's like raising kids. It's going to take you and your wife 18 years. <laughs> so uh, you can't do it in one day. A lot of people get impatient and they don't stay on focus about creating the right culture and they don't stay focused on training. They don't stay focused and you got to just keep doing it. Now, three years later, it'll be a lot better. It, it happens slowly, but that's the way life goes. Good things take time. And, uh, 
people got to start doing that in their business. Somebody said, gosh, it's going to take me three years to improve my culture and my business. I said, yeah, but three years is going to go by anyway, so you might as well get started. And uh, that's the thing. Good stuff takes time. Hard stuff takes time. You know, I, th- I think that's a really good point that we I, so often we're in kind of a quarter by quarter um, mentality, uh, you know, and, and Disney's a publicly traded company, so no doubt they have those pressures as well. But somehow found a way to go. You know, it's about it's about investing in that sort of long term. I love what you said. Three years is going to go by whether you take the time to invest in people or not. Exactly, and uh, that's time. Time people are impatient, and that's what'll bite you because uh, getting it right in three or four years, so you still have forty or fifty years to run your business or to do. Actually, those eighteen years you spend with your kid, that's they're going to spend another fifty or sixty years being great. So <laughs> it's yeah. worth the investment. That's that's fair, and you know, it's. I always tell my wife that uh, with raising kids that. You know, this is just a phase. We're just trying to get through this phase, and if we get through it, we'll get grandkids. That's and that's then we'll get to enjoy it. That's uh, correct. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. We enjoy it now too, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you one other question about sort of uh, on the leadership side and on the customer service side is that you know culture is a huge part of it, but I, I also gain from your from all of your works, and obviously when you're running when you're in charge of forty thousand people, that systems are a big part of it too, and the systems and structures that you put into place. How how big of a role has that played? Oh, I would say if I had to add the next thing after we hire great people, train them, and create the right culture, I mean, that's a given for me. you got to have systems, procedures, operating guidelines, rules, the way we do it around here. As Southwest Airlines said, there's a best way to land a plane. After we learn to do that, then I want everybody to land the plane that way, not like you want to land it. And uh, I think, you know, in our own personal lives, to have a good planning system, how we think about every day what we're going to work on and how we get it done, a system we work by. And any company that has good systems, procedures, operating guidelines, policies, and they follow them, that's how you get consistency. And that's how the customer gets the same product every time they come in and the same service and that's what builds a great reputation and companies that don't have great systems and policies and procedures and their way of doing things uh, it's it's different every time you go in and you get fed up and you go find somebody else to do business with i mean it's really important to sit down and work those out checklist you know the old checklist and i want the pilot to have one before he takes off yeah yeah well and, and you know i think it's funny a, a few years ago there's that uh, that book the checklist manifesto which was i didn't know checklists needed a manifesto but I mean, clearly they did. I think so often we just sort of figure yeah. we're going to wing it. I mean, I teach undergraduate students and they're like, they're the kings and queens of winging it. And yet that doesn't get them the grade they want, right? What does is oh. a good system. And health hospitals have reduced infection rates by 25 to 30% by just simple checklists. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I know that to be true. And, you know, so one one other area to the, – the new book is called Time Management Magic. So after you've created magic, you undoubtedly will become – I find this to be true. As soon as you've hit something that, that the world responds to and you've created magic, the world starts demanding more of you. And you got to figure out how to manage your time in order to kind of deliver that. And, and you, you know, you're a um, – you're, you're honestly one of the more disciplined systems people as far as how you run your day. You, I didn't believe it until I read the book. You know, I thought it was going to be – your simple sort of time management priorities, whatever. But, man, you have got a system on how you manage these things. And that sentence pretty easy, and I hope people will put it in place because they will see immediate return in their health, in their relationships, in their knowledge. Uh, and they'll sleep better at night not wake up in the middle of the night having nightmares about what they forgot about. Yeah, it's a very, really, it's vital. You know, it's the one thing we don't teach in high school or college, and kids get out and they don't know how to handle everything coming at them. Now we got technology and soccer games and all these things, and, and it gets overwhelming. A lot of people are suffering from stress and depression and all kinds of things because they don't have a good system to keep their life under control. 
So tell me, tell me a little bit about your system because you know, what's funny is we were just talking about uh, checklists, and I know from knowing you that you know there's the there's the checklist that comes on your phone, the little reminders checklist. You're not a big fan of that. You're a fan of a kind of a different system. Tell me a little bit about how you stay disciplined with your time. Yeah, since I wrote this book and I said people should go back to a paper day planner and use their phone for everything else, I get an email every day from somebody saying I went back to the paper planner and my life has gotten dramatically better. And because uh, people fall for all these fads, you know, you, you fall for the wrong technology, it doesn't mean it's going to work. But a lot of young people have never seen a paper planner, so they just try to do it, and it doesn't work. And I think if people read the book, they're going to see. You're, it's just totally, uh, when I'm on the phone talking to you on my cell phone, how am I going to go into my phone and put down what you're telling me, the address or, or the time you want to meet? Or So I'm writing that down on my planner, and then I uh, use my phone to set appointments or set alarms or that sort of thing, but it doesn't work, and a lot of people think it works. And uh, one lady said to me, "I don't know why I le ever left my planner in the first place. It used to work perfectly. Now I'm totally disorganized." And uh, so you just got to go back and rethink. Don't fall for everything. Uh, really think about: it. is this really working? And uh, I think a lot of people will see that it's probably they can do better and they can do a lot better. Well, and you know, and I think that's kind of a core part of the the time management system too. Is not maybe not is this really working? But what are, what are the things that actually work? What are the activities that actually generate value? The things that I needed to dedicate myself to, and taking the time to write that into a daily planner instead of sort of letting that happen to you. You know, when I, I was thinking about the daily planner and thinking. You know, if you switch back to a daily planner, no one can ever send you an email calendar invite and have control of your calendar by adding something <laughs> to it, right? So that you have that every every Sunday or every Monday or whenever you do it, when you sit down and go, what are the things I need to get done this week or this day and schedule them in, you can actually do what's important and what generates value. That's exactly right. I look at it Sunday night for the week and then every morning I go to Starbucks, have a coffee, I look at my day planner, I try to think about what I should be working on this week in my personal life or my health or my career or my investments or my wife or my grandkids, whatever, and I try to pencil those in on some on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, and then I just go about the week trying to get them done. And at least when I don't get them done, at least I know what I didn't get done, which is better than most people. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great system, and it's it really takes the pressure off. And uh, I can't tell you, I've been using it 35 years. It's probably the that system and my good positive attitude are the two reasons I got to be head of Walt Disney World operations without a college degree. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, it's funny that you bring that up. Okay, so so we at Leader Lab we're we're really big about this gap between uh, research and practice. And so often the people that we interview are are academics or what I call recovering academics. Right, we're in academia now, or sort of in consulting or speaking or writing or something like that. And then like like you you actually just hit it on the mark as you defaulted into there's a ton of research on the importance of systems both in building culture but also in getting things done and and you defaulted into it and used that knowledge that you acquired through you know school of hard knocks rather than uh, insert fancy university title here you you learn that through school of hard knocks about this importance on systems you don't you don't see that often and I, I wanted to actually just point that out and say that's one thing I've, I've admired about looking back back at your whole career is the importance of systems well. Uh, I think for your listeners, the issue is, and we see it with our son and our grandkids. You know, I worked every day when I was living in Oklahoma. We were poor. We didn't. We had jobs all through high school, in the summer, working lumber yards, unloading box cars, driving delivery cars. When my son got older, we had plenty of money. He didn't need to work, but we made sure he did. We sent him to Oklahoma to work on a cattle ranch and dig fence hole, pole holes and 100 degrees, and we made him be miserable for a summer. 
And now our grandkids do the same. They all work at Disney from 6 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon pulling weeds in horticulture. And they have to unload 400 pounds of mul- or bags of mulch. And let me tell you what, they don't have to work, but this will be the best thing we ever did for them. So when they face the workplace, they'll find out life is not easy. Hmm. No, that's a that's a great point, and and I will uh, I will say hi to them as I walk by them uh, in a couple of weeks uh, when we're at when we're at Disney World. So there's that. I want to, if it's okay. So the book, the, the the most recent book is Time Management Magic: How to Get More Done Every Day and Move from Surviving to Thriving. The books before that, uh, Creating Magic, which is an amazing leadership book, and Customer Rules, which is wonderful about. Um, customer service culture. You've written three books. I know there are more, we'll, and we'll talk about some of the things you're up to in, in one second. I want to switch from the books to you and ask you, actually, my favorite question to ask everybody, what are you reading right now? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm reading a book called Zero to One. I recommend it. It's a, an MBA student gave it to me recently, and it really talks to you about don't just improve your product or service or your life incrementally. How do you go out and find the new thing? I mean, what was the new thing? The computer. We left the typewriter and went to the computer. Zero to one. Uh, Facebook was probably zero to one. The iPhone, smartphone was zero to one. It wasn't just a little improvement in the phone. It was a whole new phone. And uh, you think about the people in the world, uh, you know, the Wright brothers, the airplane. Before it was horseback and now it's flying. And so it's how do you go to those big steps? And I'm enjoying reading it. Not that I am smart enough to ever go from zero to one, but... uh, it helps me think about uh, the di- whether am I working on a new idea or am I just improving on somebody else's ideas, and so it's a it's a it's a good one to get make you think. Hmm. So I I have to confess I have that in the stack of books by my bed that just grows ever higher, and I, you have convinced me when I get when I get home from work tonight I will move it from I will move it up in the stack and get it read quicker because I don't I don't know if it's this way with you but I have a stack of books by my bedside and when I get a new book depending on how excited I am I put it somewhere different in the stack to try and sort of so it's it's not like first in first out it's uh, it's all yeah. sorts of weird and so zero to one just moved up higher in the stack so thank you I for don't that. think. Even if you don't read the whole thing, I think if you read a couple chapters, you're already going to get the idea of, well, okay, now nah, this will help you think a little differently. And that was the key. I haven't even read the whole book yet, but I, I jump around and read different sections to just give me some new thought waves. You know, yeah. I, I feel like so often that's the case with a lot of business books, it, we, except, of course, my book and your books. Uh, <laughs> those you got to read all the way through. But for a lot of them, I feel like that's the case. It's, it's just a little bit and you can start to sort of think differently and then you can kind of take your time through the rest of it. Well, the research says 50% of books are never read at all and about another 30 or 40% are never finished. So, uh, uh, man, I, as an author, I think that's a big depressing. problem, a lot of people don't read anymore and, and they're paying the price for it too because they're not learning. And yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that because the next question we ask everybody, what's next for you? I, I know just because uh, of all of our, we run in very similar circles and I know what you've been investing a lot of time and energy and money into, which is essentially how do you keep learning when you're, when you're not reading as much uh, and trying to be that zero to one for uh, education? Let's talk about, I know that there's a book in your future, but I also know that there's a whole education platform that you've been building. Let's talk about both. Well, the one I'm working on now, and I'm about halfway done, is going to be called, I think, Creating Career Magic, how to deal with all the ups and downs of your career when you get fired or when you get passed over or you don't get the promotion you thought you were going to get or you have a boss you can't stand or all these things that happen over 40 years working or 50 years. And I, they've all happened to me, by the way, so I can give you a lot of good advice on how to stay positive. Don't give up. Just pick yourself up and 
every time I've had a serious setback in my career, it turned out the next phase was better. When I left, I, you know, I worked for Hilton and I got I left because I had a boss I couldn't stand. The guy was a screamer. I can't stand that. Went and got a new job. I got fired after 90 days. Got That got me to Marriott. I stayed 17 years. I got passed over for a promotion there to the last big job. I quit and went to Disney. And that's turned out to be like fabulous and then after disney i retired after 16 years and life after disney's been even better and there were a lot of times along the way i was depressed and thinking oh my god i'm got fired i don't have a job uh, my boss is being a jerk but the, the, it, it matters how you handle it it matters how you handle it and pick yourself up the future's ahead of you and go out there and do it and learn from the mistake you made and actually i started to learn from that i was about half the problem and i got better at it hmm hmm and I know you've got you're working on something else too, as far as uh, less less book oriented, but also but still crazy learning. Let's talk a bit about Thrive. Yeah, Thrive15.com. That's a pretty interesting. You know, they got in touch with me because I spoke to a church in Tulsa and uh, Church on the Move, and somebody heard me. And next thing, Clay uh, Clark, who founded Thrive15.com, talked to me and talked me. And I, at first, I thought he was a nut. And but then I listened, and I, and I liked it more and more and more. And I decided to get involved, and I invested in it. I did about forty videos on it. And it's a great learning site. It's fun. It's targeted toward really entrepreneurs and anybody who wants to get better. I have videos on there about how to hire, how to fire, how to improve customer service, time management, and they're fifteen-minute videos, which I think is great. And then they stops and gives you a test every five minutes and you you score points which is kind of like gaming which is a lot of fun for young people you can do them on your phone your ipad your laptop they're really cool and we got a lot of great mentors on there i happen to be the one for customer service and uh, leadership management and david robinson's done a bunch of them there from san antonio spurs on leadership and how to handle crisis how to start your business i mean some really smart guy from chick-fil-a he teaches people how to get a franchise going, how to another person talk, teaches you how to rent office space and what to pay and what not to pay, and then PR and marketing and sales. Everything's on there, and it's fabulous. I even told him, you know, the, we've got it right now. We've all got a promotion code. Mine happens to be MAGIC. If you go on there and use the promotion code MAGIC, you can, you can try it out for 30 days free. And a lot of people are trying it out, and if they stay and decide they want to use it, they can do that. And if it's a company, it's $49 a month, but everybody after you and your company, it's $19. So 10 people for $190 a month, you could have 10 of your people getting a great access to a lot of great leadership, customer service, and management theories and practices. So that, that's really been fun because, you know, online education, you know, in 10 years, every kid in America will be able to go to college if they're capable because it's going to be free, it's going to be online, and it's already, Yale already has a whole online course. Can you imagine? Yale. And uh, uh, more and more schools are seeing that we've got to make it much more reasonable, even if it's not maybe free, because if we don't improve education, we're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and towards that end, just with alternative ways of education, I got to give a shout out. We'll have a link to, to Thrive 15 on, on the show notes for this uh, for this episode, we'll also have a link to you've been running a podcast, the Creating Disney Magic podcast for um, <laughs> I don't know how long now. I'm still trying to catch up on episodes. I caught you, a, you know, with a few done and I'm still trying to catch up on them all. But they're great. Let me tell you, I never didn't even know what a podcast was a year ago. And this guy calls me, said, you want to have your own podcast? I said, sure, if I don't have to do any work. And he calls me up and we do, we 
we did two episodes yesterday. They're 15 minutes, and we stay four or five ahead, and it's taken off. I mean, we're getting like 10,000 downloads on this thing. I mean, it's crazy. And I say the reason is because it says Disney. Creating Disney Magic is the title, and that's a pretty uh, strong title. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a, it's a great podcast, and you're, you're doing a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, the most recent book, again, Time Management Magic. But if I were you, just go to Google and type in Lee Cockrell, or just go to our site, and we'll have links to all of it. Um, so, so there's that in, in the meantime, Lee, we'll be paying attention to all of the stuff that you're working on. Thank you for, um, developing such really, really good resources to help, uh, educate a lot of us on how to create customer service, be better leaders, and even just take over our daytimer actually by having a daytimer again, instead of trusting <laughs> our phones. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for joining us inside the leader lab. Thank you.